That's right. We've gone Sakuga. <laughs> we, we're going full <laughs> weep today. Yeah, everybody doing Daijo Boo. Let's hear it. <laughs> what is happening? Welcome to Casuals of Lunterra, part two of our Star Guardian special. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. That's right. We've gone Sakuga. <laughs> We're going full <laughs> weep today. Yeah, everybody doing Daijo Boo? Let's hear it. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> All right, let's just hop into it. Housekeeping. Listen. <laughs> You can find us everywhere. Listen to us everywhere. Um, you can send any email to get in contact with us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit our uh, our website at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us on any platform you prefer or all the platforms because that helps us, you know, numbers go up. And then leave a like, follow, short review slash comment. But the easiest way since the beginning has been word of mouth. Tell a friend to find their favorite type of light by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Gross. And you're not allowed to say starlight. We've got starlight covered today. <laughs> Listen. Okay, there's some disclaimer. There's some cheesy stuff here. So in part one, hopefully you did your homework and listen to part one, we kind of gave you the basis of Star Guardian and where we're going, Right. We told you this is going to be a special, so we're going to have a couple parts. So if you're here, thanks for sticking with us. There will be more. Um, but now we're shifting from introducing the OG team from like 2016, 2017. And a couple months later slash a following year is when we got more, right? We got additional skins with another video and an actual story. And when I say story, this is a damn near novel. Uh, they didn't slouch on this one, and they kind of yeah. went full down the path we expected them to go with this type of genre, like the slice of life style. Right. It's again, this is very much like a Sentai story element. So your Power Rangers and Magical Girl uh, genres from uh, Japanese media. Uh, so we, uh, if you grew up on like watching a lot of those shows, you've got an idea of where we're going to go here. So it's not too far out of the realm of possibility. But the nice thing is, again, this is a huge novel that we got this time. Yeah. So we don't have to fill in this space by selling skins that came out six years ago. Um, <laughs> like we, We've got a lot of meat to bite into. Yeah. And part of this release was also another music video, but not the same as Burning Bright. That's still the OG. I hope you did your homework. Remember? 60 minutes worth and then come listen to this but we got a a new horizon was the video and it had music in it but it was essentially a monologue from ari uh and she sees the original group off in the distance going to fight crime and then it kind of leads to her talking about stars that have burned out um not relying on others and then she begins her sailor moon transformation which is kind of cool um how they integrate just ari's design into her transformation but at the end is when you get a splash art of five members including ari herself 
uh, Misfortune, uh, Soraka, Syndra, and Ezreal. Yeah, so we, all of a sudden there's a whole other team on the block. This world is now more expansive and, you know, leaves us asking questions. Well, what, what does all this mean? What happens? And that's what we're going to dive into today. What happens? Yeah. yeah, we got five more skins in the game. And then it was like, okay, here's a story. This will tell you who these guys are. Or at least give you a little hint. And then wait a bit and we'll give you some more, which will be the other parts we'll get into. But this takes us to the short story that was released, Starfall. So Starfall is broken into a couple chapters here, and we're just going to go through them, boom, 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 and hit the key points. So we start off with the prologue labeled The Dream. So the story starts with Lux kind of describing this reoccurring dream she's having um, where the group is helpless and plummeting through the atmosphere and she's unable to reach them or do anything. She feels kind of helpless and soon at the end, uh, they burn up and break into rain a rainbow of ragged cinders uh, and then she awakes, right? And this is exactly the beginning of Burning Bright. The music yeah, ex exactly the beginning of Burning Bright. It's also the beginning of a couple of these like Sentai-esque stories uh, from Japanese media. Cough, cough, Madoka Magica. Um, <laughs> so it, like this is kind of, you know, par for the course. But uh, a neat thing here as far as just as with this epilogue is that this whole it gives you the already the. Uh, understanding that the whole story is told from Lux's point of view. This yeah. is first person. We are watching the story as Lux sees it happening. She so, is pro tag coon. Yeah, she is pro tag coon. She has the plot armor. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, but I do like the imagery of like her falling through the sky because then it's like, oh yeah, the opening of the first Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Alexa, play simple and clean. <laughs> Instead of water, we're falling through space. <laughs> How dare you start shaking? Okay, you know what? Let's go to chapter one. So chapter one, we get this story going. Um, this one's called Star Guardian Council. So it's supposed to be like professional, but it's anything but. Uh, so in this chapter, we get the, to see the group kind of interact while they're just living together. Because remember what we talked about in the first one is that as they bounce from, you know, galaxy to galaxy or whatever, they have to blend into their environment. Where they're currently at, they're a bunch of high school girls um, slash college age uh, that are living together. So they stay together when they're not fighting crime as well, uh, which helps with some team building. But we have the sleep-deprived Lux because of the dream she just had. Uh, she tried to go back to sleep. It never worked, so she just kind of lays there until dawn comes. First person she runs into is Jinx, and she asked her, you know, are you going to join us for breakfast and kind of hang out with the team? She's kind of reluctant, but she ends up deciding to do so because she hears there's going to be rocket-shaped popsicles. Hell yeah! You know what? I'll do. I'll I'll do whatever you want if I get a popsicle at the end of the day. So let's uh, go ahead and work for that. Um, and a key point that we get here is that it is uh, summer, so they're yeah. out in the yard and they're enjoying their time off away from school, uh, which is you know kind of a cause for Lux and Jinx to kind of butt heads because Lux wants to be the leader of the Star Guardians because you know she's the leader of the Star Guardians. Yeah. She feels like she's got a job to do. And Jinx is a teenage girl who wants to enjoy summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course, you're going to butt heads with somebody that says what's, you know, all work, no play. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets Jinx to come in the kitchen. And then we walk into a fully focused mess um, made by 
Poppy and Lulu together. But uh, Poppy's fully focused on making some pancakes and messing up the kitchen. And then John is kind of walking behind her and cleaning up uh, quietly as she does. And then Lulu's off in her own world, uh, digging into some messily, you know, stacked pancakes, but also drawing something. Uh, so Jinx enters the room. Naturally, there's chaos. She's going to up it a, a bit, right? You got to turn it to <laughs> turn it to 11. Yeah, like you can't out chaos Jinx, and if you try to, she's going to win. Um, yeah. But I, I also just love it because we do also get like a little bit of an illustration here. Um, again, the story's huge, so yes. these little excerpts of illustrations are kind of welcome. Like, uh, they're welcome sights to have to kind of take your eyes off of the words, relax a little bit, and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get this lovely shot of just Lux's face. And it is like every reaction shot of just like, oh, my God, (laughs) on her face (laughs) while there's just pancake batter and syrup all over the place. I think a great way to describe Lux, too, which is not directly um, said, but think about a high schooler with anxiety that has a lot of responsibility. It's pretty much that simple because that carries throughout this whole story and you'll you'll understand how she's always overwhelmed um not just by being a high school you know a young high school student but also having to deal with this grandiose plan that she barely understands which we get into with lulu's drawing because she walks up behind lulu She's like, hey, what are you drawing? And she mentions the starfall will happen and new stars are coming. And she looks at this messily drawn, like little kid drawing. Um, but as we mentioned in part one, Lulu has a connection to the first star's light directly. So her what comes off as wonky and just childlike wonderment to us is has meaning behind it. And Jonna behind her kind of quietly backs her claims. Jinx and Poppy think it's absurd, right? Because their mindsets are completely different. They're focused on what's in front of them. They don't care about whimsy, right? Yeah. And and we also get this because, you know, Jenna is the most veteran member of the group, despite not being the leader, uh, because she serves as the advisor because Lux has more of a backbone. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jana, being the most veteran member, is aware of Lulu's connection because they all are. But she's also aware of the things that she remembers that the other members can't. Yeah. She has better memory of their jobs in different galaxies and stuff like that. So uh, for her, she can back up these claims because it's like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like new, new stars. That is something that is, that can happen, will happen. And most likely is going to happen. Uh, And, but she's at, in this scene, she kind of can't really back that up because she is also kind of lost in her own world. And we don't know what's going on at this point because Lux is just trying to figure out why Jana just seems to be caught up in her own mind instead of really contributing to this conversation. Yep. So Lux is then handed a flyer for Camp Targon Summer Starfall, which is just a hilarious sentence if you've listened to any of our episodes. It's Um, it's so funny. And this is hosted by the local university. So everyone's doing their own thing in their own direction. And Lux decides to do like her first captain thing of the day. And she decides they're going to attend whether anybody likes her or not. So she's going to go and she's going to welcome these quote unquote new stars. Uh, and if they aren't new stars, they're at least going to have a good time as a team. 
Yeah. Uh, I want I want a whole like Netflix series of just this camp by itself. It doesn't even need to follow like League of Legends champions or anything. Because can you imagine following like a camp in Targon? And like the camp that you're following is either like Lunari or Solari, and the rival camp is the other camp. <laughs> it's Diana. And Leo oh, there's content camp. here. Oh, we'll there's be getting content. this. Like once once Arcane makes trillions more dollars, we'll, yeah. we'll be getting more stuff. Like, um, I, and I want the show to be written by the same guys that did Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Just have the dumbest show ever. That would be cool. Um, so this takes us to chapter two, which is just labeled Camp Targon. So it's kind of self-explanatory. So the bus arrives at the camp. Uh, Jinx is the first one to hop out in her bathing suit and her oversized hat and oversized bag of guns. And then she takes off down the trail without mincing too many words, right? Uh, towards the lake. Poppy soon follows her because Poppy's ready to get the job done, which is get the camp set up properly. And Lulu tags along with her. But Lux decides to stay behind because she's still trying to figure out what's going on with Jana. Um, because... They're outside of the house now, and even so, she's still kind of isolated from the group on this little mound looking off into the distance at Mount Targon, uh, but not really saying anything or communicating and doesn't even know Lux is standing right next to her. And, and Lux, poor Lux, bless her heart, this is still very much that vibe of just stressed out high schooler with too much responsibility because part of the overall understanding that she passed on to the group is that they're there not only for team bonding, but to keep a low profile. Yeah. And here's Jinx running around with her bag of guns and then Poppy outright telling the bus driver, oh, there's a hammer in that bag. I, <laughs> like, and, and, and the the only level-headed person other than Lux is Jana, who is not present. She is in her own realm. And Lux is just like, I. this is supposed to be a vacation, and I'm already regretting it. <laughs> exactly. So after a while, Jana notices she's near her. Um, and, you know, she says one of the most corny. So there's a lot of corny lines in this. It's definitely a case of where it was being written. And they're like, hey, make sure you say this. Make sure you make a reference to this ability. Make sure you do this. We have a couple of those. Yeah. So Jonna looks at her and says, a storm is coming. Now, listen, I don't care who your editor is. <laughs> I don't care how good the story is. Are we still using this line? <laughs> hey, hey, at least it's a storm's coming and not winter is coming. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> And if you like those cheesy lines, we're going to get so much more of them, especially when we get direct champion quotes from like the League of Legends game. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's more. Don't worry. Don't, we'll be back. So after she says this, Lux is still confused. And then Jonna kind of turns and starts heading towards, you know, the camp. And as Lux turns around, she slips, kind of scratches her legs, and Jana turns around, offers to heal her, but Lux reminds her, you know, no magic, no powers on this trip. We're just going to play it straight. Uh, and Jana reminds her, you know, be careful because without you, we would all be lost. And that's another line that just leaves her more in confusion. Yeah, and also just frustrating because, again, we're here to keep a low profile, and even Jana when the one time she's back on this plane of existence is like, oh yeah, let me just heal that real quick. And it's just like, oh my God, please, please. I'm all alone. <laughs> I, I am all alone. And then you just drop the burden on top of me of without you, we'd be lost. Just like, oh my God. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Is Valdictorian worth it? <laughs> <laughs> so chapter three takes us to the cool kids, where we get Lux and Jana making their way to the camp information table. And there sits a dark-haired older woman uh, who seems to be permanently shadowed. Like there is no light to be had despite it being daytime. Uh, and this woman is not pleased with Lux's tardiness. So they get kind of into this discussion and it's a conflicted interaction that Lux be- is being very awkward in. Uh, she kind of treats Lux as this irresponsible child who's supposed to be the leader of her group but is late and kind of causing her to be late. And it's just this back and forth. And – Jonna is there for her finally in the moment, kind of with her hand on her shoulder to let her know, you know, while you're taking this tongue lash and don't worry um, because I'm here. You're big sis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big sis has got you. Um, and it's within this tongue lashing that we do get a moment where the shadows line up well enough for Lux to see a name tag on this yeah. woman. And it, uh, this is Syndra. So we get our first other champion that's not the original uh, star Guardians, but Syndra's just working a camp and pissed that she's late for snacks because of these <laughs> of these star sisters, um, which she comments on what a cute name. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, so you've got the rambunctious uh, girl that's making a scene down at the lake instead of coming to this table to relieve me of my duties. Thanks a lot. Uh, so I, this is very much just like, if you've worked a summer job, you know exactly what Syndra's thinking right now. But Lux is a high school kid, so Lux is just overly anxious of like, oh God, she hates us. Yeah, yeah. Standard high school interactions. Uh, so as this conversation is going on, this group of magnetic individuals start to make their way over to where Syndra is. And Obviously, it catches Lux's attention as well, and this is when we get to see Ari, um, and Lux immediately tries to introduce herself uh, because Syndra's mood completely changed um, once Ari's there, but as she tries to do that, Ari kind of plays the same game that Syndra plays, right? It's We're not in the same league type business. There's a lot of awkwardness on the side of Lux, and Lux has mentioned before, when she gets awkward, she talks a lot, um, and... This time, Jonna is getting visibly upset, um, which is something that's both unusual uh, because, you know, she's been aloof this whole time. But even when she's present, she doesn't really emote as much, right? So she's getting mad. And then after a while, Lux takes the flyer she's given, bumps into Jonna, kind of falls, and there's this wind that starts carrying the papers around, which, remember, no powers and there's no win before. Where is that coming from? So something's definitely going on with Jana, and she tells Lux, "I gotta go for a walk." Uh, and before Lux can say anything, she's on her way down the path. Yeah. Uh, so th- as we've been setting up the scene, it's you know Lux just continues to feel more overwhelmed and more alone as this progresses. And this does not help because Jana was there for her in a moment, and then. Not only is Jonna gone, but Jonna's gone in the most uncharacteristic, as in regards to her way, yeah. as well as being upset too. So that's another thing that Lux has to worry about on top of it. Um, but this is, if you had any doubts of like the Japanese influences on this kind of story, uh, Syndra in all of this, like 
just nails it completely because of that two-faced nature that she exhibits when Ari's walking up with the rest of the group of just like looking at Lux like, I don't like you. Get away from me. Looking at everyone else. Hey, everybody. Missed you guys. (laughs) I'm almost done with work. (laughs) Like That's very much like Japanese humor here. Um, But a hint of mean girls as well. A a hint of mean girls, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Lux is chapter four. Yeah. Yeah. So John is gone. Um, Lux is picking up papers as she's heading down the trail. And she's just happy to get away from that environment, um, interacting with what she calls the cool kids. And this takes us to chapter four, which is who needs a map? So we know who's going to be in this one. Um, (laughs) We told you there'd be more. (laughs) So Lux is still picking up papers and she's kind of exhausted from the recent interactions. Like I said, just think of it as somebody dealing with anxiety during all this shenanigans that's happened um, in the first few hours of this day. And she gets to a tree, she kind of huddles next to it and just breaks down, right? It's kind of the 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 straw that breaks the camel's back is that she realizes she's lost. Out of all the papers she's picked up, she can't find the map to tell her where to go to the campsite. And she doesn't know where she is because John just kind of walked off in her own direction. Uh, and then suddenly she hears maps are totally overrated. <laughs> it's our boy so Ezreal Ezreal tracks down Lux and uh, from this point on we get a nice back and forth as far as Ezreal very blatantly hitting on Lux uh, with Lux being a high school girl being like oh my god is he hitting on me um, yeah, this is and, the part where Hetch gets mad, by the way. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, I have nothing to fear. <laughs> I have nothing to fear. She, she She's mine, Ezreal. <laughs> Eat your heart out. <laughs> no, but, um, but no, like, so we get like this, you know, a nice back and forth here. And it's within this back and forth that Lux is kind of starts berating herself because she's finally relaxing because it's nice to have this attractive guy actually hit on her. Yeah. Um, and it takes her mind off of the other things, but she's still the responsible one. So it's like, why am I allowing myself to enjoy this moment? There's so much that I need to be doing instead. And, but we, as far as with this back and forth, we get, um, Ezreal showing her a map of the camp so that she can actually go to her campsite and find the rest of her group. Yeah, this is the pos- the first positive interaction I think she's had up until this point. I mean, Lulu doesn't oh, count because yeah. Lulu's always positive, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, and that wasn't even positive for Lux because Lux is looking at the picture being like, yeah. is this childlike whimsy or is this a sign of something to come? Like Lux has been trapped in her own head and anxiety True. this whole time. So this is this is actually the first positive interaction she's had. And unfortunately, it wasn't even with her team. It was with Ezreal. Yeah. And then uh, because it's positive, there needs to be chaos, yin and yang. Uh, so Jinx shows up, immediately interrupts and asks Ezreal what his intentions are with Lux. So this is... <laughs> Had to make it awkward, and naturally this makes Lux embarrassed, right? She tries to change the subject, and they got to go back and forth with some banter. The group kind of chats, and then a redhead with a mean look on her face comes over. Now, I feel for Lux at this moment because she dealt with Syndra, who had a bitch face. She she dealt with Ari and her bitch face, and now you got another bitch face coming over. 
Just uh, permanent, like the whole group has a permanent resting bitch face except Ezreal and, and Soraka. And it's even worse for her because she feels like the, her whole team at the moment has has resting bitch face. Yeah. And it's her job to fix the resting bitch face. Yeah. But now everyone's got bitch face. Um, but yeah, so we got the we got this redhead showing up uh, kind of at a good time because it saves embarrassment not only for Lux, but also Ezreal because Ezreal is yeah. just like, oh, crap, I wasn't ready to deal with your friends yet i was yeah. just trying to get your number um <laughs> and the person that comes to say the, the day Ezreal mentions is sarah uh who we know sarah fortune mm-hmm. is misfortune and lux introduces herself nice to meet you sarah uh sarah's for my friends you may call me misfortune <laughs> which is a weird line because like it, we, we're still playing around with. We don't know how old they are. I'm. Ass, we're assuming because like, this is hosted yeah, by the yeah. university, and because they are participating in some of the administration roles, that they may be like first year college students. Uh, because later on, Lux will talk about how Ari feels like she's sort of close to her age. Yeah, and um, like it kind of jumping ahead a bit, but like in the other in w- one of the other stories, it's mentioned that Soraka is a second year, um, so it definitely gives a vibe that it is closer to like early college years. Yeah. Um, but that only makes these conversations weirder because it's like I I did not meet anyone that was like in the same year as me when I was like still trying to go to school that was like you may call me misfortune (laughs) do not perceive me as my first name (laughs) so it it very much just chimes in that resting bitch face yeah (laughs) so she puts she puts a nail in that coffin and she drags Ezreal away and as Ezreal you know is leaving he lets Lux know to their previous discussion about what's your favorite type of light which is something we just jumped over um that his favorite type of light is starlight, which is a reference to the story here. And then Jinx pulls Lux in the opposite direction as they go find these camp snacks, um, which they were supposed to pick up, which is like cookies, oranges, and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, And that takes us over to chapter five. And chapter five starts off with uh, Lux and Jinx returning back to their camp. So the whole team is finally together for the first time since arriving at this camp because everyone scattered the moment they got there. Uh, And, you know, we get this moment of Jinx saying, I brought us snacks, all these oranges and a single cookie which I will give to Lulu because I've eaten all the cookies. Um, <laughs> and and this whole time, you know, Jinx is continuing the chaos. Lulu's having fun playing around the campsite while Jana, Jana is kind of supervising her. And yeah. Poppy's the one doing all the work because Poppy's like, there's a job to do. Yeah. So do the job. And if you're not going to help me do the job, then don't do it. Like don't don't even don't even perceive me. I'm gonna do the job, and that's the scene that Lux is walking into. Yeah, yeah. So they light the campfire. Obviously, Jinx wants to light it with her uh, weapons. That's a no no because that counts as magic. Uh, Jana ends up lighting it um, using a bit of help from the wind to get it up and roaring. And then Lulu sits next to her and kind of asks her, Hey, tell me a story. And after some prodding, because she doesn't really want to since she's in her mood at the moment, um, she says, Okay, I'll tell you a story. And she tells a story of the first star's light and how it created everything. And this is a callback to part one, if you listen to that. 
at the beginning how Riot kind of – we told you Riot gave us a loose framework for things. This kind of plays around that. She talks about um, Star Guardians and how you know the first light creates everything and there are some Star Guardians that decide to turn away from their duty and their destiny. And she speaks of one specific Guardian uh, that had their fellow Guardians, you know, their lights were snuffed out and she decided to follow the evil that did it to see where it came from, hoping to undo her destiny. Uh, but from that point, the story's kind of left off, and Jonna doesn't know if she returned or not from that journey. And Lulu asks her if it's a true story, and she's like, it feels like a true story, um, but there's no evidence uh, proving otherwise, right? So, yeah, after that, Lux mentions, you know, the meteor shower is going to start. Lulu's kind of sniffling, kind of scared. Let's get her to bed. So we can get some sleep before for a few hours before, you know, the shower comes so we can all watch it together. So Jonna takes Lulu into one of the tents. Poppy joins them. And then Lux goes to join snor uh, Snoring Jinx uh, in the other tent with a stomach full of marshmallows. Yep. Uh, listen, she can put a – Jinx can put away junk food, which is a consistent across all of her lore, right? Yeah, she reminds me of like, like Goku, right? Young Goku <laughs> or, you know <laughs> – or Monkey Delupi. Or who, who, choose whoever you want, whatever hero. Like, look at, she reminds you of a shonen protagonist. A shonen protagonist, thank you. Yeah. Just like, because shoveling that's, food like, the whole story. Every shonen protagonist puts away food like there's, like, the concept of a full stomach has never been uttered. Um, <laughs> uh, like, now, the only, like, the only other thing as far as, like, with the story that's kind of a thing to point out is that Jinx only really chimes in with the idea of star guardians who don't follow their destiny, which yeah. is staying on theme for her because she doesn't even want to – she's a part of this trip because going to a camping trip and jumping into a lake is a fun summer activity. But she's not – she doesn't care about team building. Um and this continues that whole theme that, you know, Jinx doesn't actually care about her duty as a star guardian. She's more interested in being a teenage girl yeah. than fulfilling some destiny. But uh, that carries us over into the next, uh, it carries us over into the next chapter, which is Lux goes to sleep. And once again, that dream occurs again, but this time it's different. Oh, <laughs> with the twist. Yeah, she said that there's a pressure on her chest and she can't breathe as if she's drowning. Um, so after kind of forcing herself to wake from this nightmare, she notices Poppy's sitting on her chest and Jinx is holding a canteen of well, an empty canteen previously containing water that was dumped on Lux to wake her up. And after she thinks this is just some kind of prank, right, them having fun, uh, they mention uh, Lulu's missing and Jonna is missing with her. And this immediately snaps Lux's attention to, oh, crap. She thinks about, okay, well, let me rush over the tent, see you know what, what happened, if I can figure out where they went. And she notices the image that Lulu drew, and it reminds her of everything she thought about that morning. And the concern just skyrockets, right? So she tells the other two, get your weapons and be ready. This is not a joke. We're going to go find them. 
Yeah. And the as far as like with the dream, the big thing that's different is Lux isn't alone in the dream this time. And this time, all their light is being obliterated by darkness. Uh, So then wake up from the dream being so much worse to Lulu being gone. Oh, yeah, it's definitely grab your weapons and let's go because it's that nightmare not only got worse, but now it feels like it's becoming real. And we now have them, you know, armed and ready for combat, tracking down Lulu, and they find Lulu with Jana in the middle of a meadow, just like the drawing that Lulu had in the beginning. And they have this very quick moment, like Lux has this quick moment of like, oh, thank, thank the starlight, you know, everything is okay. We now they're just here to watch the meteor shower, and we can watch the meteor shower without any true worry and then true worry happens <laughs> yeah yeah they hit it's they kind of hit time yeah they hit the edge of the campsite they see the meadow and then lux has that moment of okay i'm happy she's okay she doesn't see johnny yet because john is kind of coming from like a forested area into the meadow and lux just starts booking it Right. And as she's booking it over there, the rest of the team starts following her. Uh, well, the re- Poppy and Jinx, who came with her, and the ground begins to shake as she's running to get to Lulu. So she does get to Lulu. And as she gets to her, Lulu kind of still aloof or, you know, whimsy minded is like, oh, the stars are coming. And the ground starts to begin to crack. And these shadow creatures with wings begin to spawn. And she looks back and yells, they have wings. <laughs> and Jinx and Poppy, luckily, because of their personalities, they're ready to go. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, Jinx is looking for any excuse to start firing off guns and rockets. (laughs) So she starts shooting. Poppy grabs her hammer and kind of follows her lead. And then Jonna, now with the group, floats into the air and kind of casts the spell we all know her for um, her ultimate to start slamming these shadow creatures into tree trunks using her wind powers while healing and soothing the team and creating light as well. Right. Because these are shadow creatures. So, you know, supports doing their support thing. And then Lulu shouts again, look, the new stars, as five streaks of light head towards them. So the impact of them landing kind of destroys some creatures. And Lux discovers, oh, shit, it's Ari's group. And she tries to yell at them, but they can't really hear because they're essentially in the middle of a battle. Yeah. And uh, now we also get like this uh, Lux observing this new group coming in, which not only is, you know, witnessing the way that those characters kind of perform in game. Like we get like a detailed thing of Ari using her charm and Misfortune using double tap. Like you know, there is that, but she's she's noting just how efficient and cohesive their movements are like they look like a trained combat unit whereas the team that lux is in charge of the team she leads feels more like high school girls fighting for their lives and so like despite all this chaos going on lux (laughs) is kind of filled with envy uh watching them fight off the the mist or the mist fight off these enemies and um and then, like, this is kind of interrupted by the fact of, like, oh, right, I'm still in a combat zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels almost like they're being rescued by this other team uh, because their situation is so off-kiltered while the veteran team has this control of the situation. And, you know, as it's happening, uh, there's a moment where things kind of begin to settle 
But then the ground underneath Lux starts to shake and fall away. And Lux kind of falls, hits her head, and then Ezreal flashes over and grabs her and then tosses her straight up in the air. So she finally has this full view of everything. So when you think about, like, anxiety and panic attacks, this is a great, I think, uh, metaphor for that where the hecticness, the shadows kind of closing in around, not really being able to control the situation as the leader, and then you're starting to fall into this hole of blackness, and Ezreal comes to yank you up and throw you in the air, where she finally gets to see everything clearly, right? And that moment of clarity allows her to say, okay, I can kick into action. She transforms, has her staff and everything, and blast one of the, the shadow monsters that previously Poppy and Jinx decided hey, Poppy, get on my rocket. Or Poppy told Jinx, put me on your rocket and fire me at that creature. And she does, and it works, and she smashes the creature, and Lux follows that up with a blast from her beam. Uh, But unfortunately, the way the creature lands is not ideal. Yeah, Uh, and regardless of what your opinions are on, like, the Star Guardians and this whole, uh, you know, side alternate universe uh, to uh, Riot's lovely world— um, I, this is one of the best scenes ever, which is the idea of Poppy riding a rocket shot by Jinx. <laughs> like I would watch a show just for that one moment. So give that to me immediately. And I think everyone could agree that they would watch that of just a little yordle with a gigantic ass hammer <laughs> just riding a rocket like a loon. Um, but yeah, so now we've got, uh, this body falling down and, uh, uh, what we it ends with is that it's falling right at Lulu. Yes. Lux already was in a horrible position because she just sprinted to Lulu yeah. without really taking in account of anything else going on. So again, she rushes back in, gets Lulu out of the way, but the black monster pieces rain down on top of me and it all goes dark. Yep, knocks her out. So we get to the epilogue here, which is the light rises. With Lux waking up, and this scene is mainly between Lux and uh, Ari. So Lux wakes up. Her head's kind of still ringing. She hears voices, but it's only one. It's Ari. And Ari mentions that everyone is okay. They went to get breakfast. Everything's good. You can just chill out. And they start to have this discussion about her, you know, figuring out Ari is not only a star guardian, but the leader of that other group. And she seemed to be so in control of things. And she's the one like, it's not me who needs to lead this group. She should be leading all of us. And we get a swap in demeanor of Ari because she's nice for a second, but she gets real serious with her to say, we're just strangers. We're not sisters. Like you guys have your little group. We have our group, but we're not the same group. And I'm not here to lead you, you all. That's not how this works. And Ari's kind of rattling off. You remember when she gets nervous or she's not too sure of herself, she just talks and talks and talks. And she rattles off about destiny and these big, grandiose ideas that she has in her head about what this all means. And Ari kind of brings her back to earth like all that's just stuff you've made up in your own mind. Because what you don't understand is that us together doesn't make us stronger. It makes the problem worse. And that's the direct callback to part one where we told you that in that framework that Riot left um, placed out was that when you have a concentration of Star Guardians in one area, 
it means the threats that are going to attack that area are going to be that much more devastating. Yeah, it, it is a yin and yang relationship as far yeah. as the more light there is, the stronger the darkness is. And Ari knows that because like Ari is clearly a more veteran star guardian than Lux. Whereas Lux is more just trying to figure out how to be a leader, and that's all she can focus on is the best thing for my team is to have someone who knows what they're doing lead us. So let that is Ari should be in the lead. But Ari doesn't actually give Lux any of this information. No. Ari Ari just, you know, puts back on her resting bitch face <laughs> and then says, Oh no, it is like no, destiny's an ugly word. Yeah. And then us together makes everything worse. And yep. just leaves. Just, you know, might as well just walk out with a middle finger behind her, like right in Lux's <laughs> face, uh, instead of, you know, educating her. And it's kind of left alone, left again with Lux just kind of trapped in her doubts and her anxiety. But when she's, you know, kind of dizzily stumbling out of the tent trying to follow Ari to try to help Ari understand where she's coming from. Uh, she realizes Ari's gone, but her team is coming back to her to yeah. make sure she's okay. So she sees all. She sees everybody. She sees Jinx, Poppy, Lulu, and Jana, and realizes, well, you know what? At least we're still together. And Jinx is right. The summer's not going to last forever. And that's where we kind of wrap up here. Yeah, we have her finally coming to terms after this whole experience of because this remember this isn't a day. So <laughs> after this day's experience, she's finally come to terms of regardless of her experience, she's going to lead this team, right? She has to lead this team. And part of that is despite the, well, let's call it the not so cheery interaction with Ari at this point, it still is motivation for her to have a goal to aim towards. Because remember, Jonna's older, she's been around longer, but she's not really the leader type. So there hasn't been a blueprint for her to look to. And this takes us to kind of our conclusions here. Because this has been a long episode. If you stuck around with us, we appreciate it. Don't worry, there's yeah. more um, I, in the further parts. And if this is something that you enjoyed, you know, I think I, I can speak for Ryan here. We encourage you to go read it. Like oh, yeah. there's because there is a lot going on here. We really didn't touch a lot on the dialogue except the cringy stuff that is quotes from the game. <laughs> <laughs> but like there, there is a lot going on here. And the story is told in a good fashion because, you know, Riot doesn't play around with a lot of these stories. That's why we've been covering so much more of these short stories. Uh, so you know we encourage you to read it but uh we do thank you for sticking around because this is something we enjoy and there's more like this is not oh, the yeah. end of this is not the end of lux's run-in with ari's team yeah we're gonna see more of them yeah this was this was definitely an effort because the early stuff was so loose and remember this content came out less than a year after the original stuff so it was like, okay, here, we're gonna give you the stuff we didn't give you originally. And the coolest part of this was being introduced to what ended up being a veteran team, which is a completely different concept than I think if you had a guess, you'd be like, oh, they're just adding more people to the team from the school, and like, they're the main squad. Turns out, no, they're the new guys. Uh, and that's a good twist on the story, especially where we take it from here, as both groups begin to grow from this point forward. Yeah. I can't believe it wasn't more members to the team. We've seen Japanese pop groups. Like, you, you keep adding members until you're in the 40s. Exactly. <laughs> but, as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon 
with the next Star Guardian episode. Take care, everybody. <laughs>